Okay, here's the short version. Please, don't paint your mid-century brick. Look, people often come down on either side of this so-called debate, the question of should I paint my brick, due to an aesthetic preference. You might not love the look of original brick, or you might love it. Maybe you just feel like a change, the kind of quick change satisfaction that comes with a fresh coat of paint. But if you're asking yourself, should I paint my brick? Today, we're going to talk about much more than how unpainted and painted brick can look. We're going to talk about how choosing to paint your brick, or hopefully choosing not to, can affect the long-term value of your home, its interior air quality, and even its structural stability. Hey there. Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 11, Episode 6. To paint or not to paint your brick is a bit of a controversial issue, and I am all in on the do not paint it side. I wrote a long blog post about this several years ago, and to this day, it gets about a thousand hits a month of other people asking, should I paint my brick? Hopefully, they're all clicking away convinced that it's a bad idea. And today, I want to convince you. So when you ask the question, should I paint my brick, you can answer it confidently. Nope. Throughout the episode, I'm going to be referencing that blog post because I wrote it well, and it's chock full of photos of beautiful mid-century brick in its gloriously unpainted form. You can go right to it and find the transcript of this episode, plus links to a lot of other experts who will agree that you should not paint your mid-century brick at midmod-midwest.com slash 1106. Brick has been used as a building material since long before the Three Little Pigs. But mid-century brick is particularly well-suited to the ethos of modernist designers. It is humble, tactile, honest, and capable of both great simplicity and beautiful variety. Louis Kahn explained the most basic principle of modernism to a generation of design students by asking them this question. What does the brick want to be? This question is the through line for all of modern architecture, mid-century modern included. From humble houses to soaring skyscrapers, modern designers committed to determining the right material for a purpose and using it honestly. They didn't want to be fake. To give you some bullet points for this long and winding episode, let's talk about a number of problems with painting mid-century brick. And we'll summarize them this way. The aesthetic muddle. Painting brick is contrary, as I just said, to the mid-century ideal of honest materials. Materials should look and function as they were intended in a mid-century home. Then there's the temporal limit. The very trendiness of painted brick, thanks a lot, Joanna Gaines, means that it's very in style right now and it will go out of style. But once your brick is painted, it's not easy to undo. You cannot easily unpaint brick. This leads to home value problems. Anything trendy will go out of trend, and out of trend homes diminish in value. So while slapping on a thick coat of Gaines Gray over the brick seems like a fun way to refresh a house today, especially to a flipper, in 10 years, it will turn into a black mark on the home's appeal, and therefore its value. Even before we get into the technical issues, the brick on your house was not intended to be covered by paint. It's a finished material. And when you change the breathability and the permeability of your home after 50, 60, 70, 80 years, you can create new moisture problems, invite mold, and possibly even damage your home's structure. This happens. And even if none of that does happen, you have created a maintenance headache. Paint needs to be repainted. Brick in itself is an extremely low maintenance material. But once it's painted, your brick home will need to be regularly maintained for the rest of its life and yours. So 
Let's go back to the top and talk about how mid-century brick was the modernist's friend. This is the aesthetic question. And so I want to persuade you that brick is a great material for a mid-century house all on its own. Many of the modernist masters focused on brick as a key building material, and even in a modest ranch home in the Midwest, it's often used to decorate a little strip or a little area of the front of a house, and often then to tie in to bring the inside and outside of the house together by putting that same brick into the fireplace or mantle area of the house. A couple of examples, Frank Lloyd Wright learned his use of brick from an older tradition at the drafting table of his Louis Sullivan office, but he adapted it perfectly to a mid-century aesthetic. One of my favorite examples around Madison is how he used it in the Jacobs house, which is in my own neighborhood. I've got photos of that on the blog post and on my Instagram account. But just letting simple brick stack up and create a detailed and a general surface is such a beautiful move. Louis Kahn, who famously asked, what does the brick want to be, always tried to use brick in its truest form as a massive stacked structure. That is, he always wanted to use brick to hold things up, whether it was other brick or the ceiling, the roof. Alvar Alto loved to work with brick and think about the way that its texture affected things. He actually created a house that was uh, his experimental house on a summer island was a test site for the weathering property and appearances of different types of brick. And the whole thing is like a patchwork quilt of different brick types and different brick patterns to see how they would hold up over time. I've got photos of that on the blog to check out. And it was also a material beloved of international modernist architects. So from India to South America, it was often used. Eladio Dieste is a great example of using brick to create curving or rolling forms. The Church of Christ the Worker in Uruguay from 1959 is worth looking up. Again, I've got a photo or you could just Google for it. It's really amazing. And then you'll find brick in mid-century ranch houses. I've got a number of examples curated here on the blog post for you, but basically you can just walk around any mid-century neighborhood and appreciate the different types of brick you'll see. In most parts of the country, brick is considered a high-end, a decorative material. So that's what brick can do aesthetically. It connects you to the high end of mid-century architecture and shows up in some of even the most modest houses. I want to talk to you a little bit now about brick as a technical thing. Mid-century brick is an amazing building material and paint is bad for it. Brick as itself withstands all type of weather and it helps your house breathe. Bricks are more complicated than they might seem. It's graded for climate appropriate behavior. So depending on the cold and moisture in your climate, your brick will be made differently and will have measurable qualities of absorption. It will sort of absorb the humidity in summer and help your house stay lower humidity and then release it again when the weather is cool. Brick is low maintenance unless and until you paint it. So basically it will take care of itself and need no additional work for all time as long as it is properly installed and properly protected from exterior water. Once you've painted it, you will have to start doing maintenance on it. Since painted brick is prone to moisture issues, you'll likely have to paint your brick more than you would paint a wood-sided or an aluminum-sided home. Even if you manage to escape actual structural damage, the paint may bubble or peel or otherwise underperform. When you paint a brick house, you are covering up some of its interesting service. The natural variations of brick make it forgiving because its color often has a little bit of subtle variation. If the brick was laid somewhat imperfectly or intentionally laid a little irregularly, that's absorbed in the texture, the visual texture of the material. But once you paint it, it's actually much more unforgiving of 
imprecisions. The masons who laid our mid-century brick were human. They weren't always perfectly precise, but the variety of size, color, and distortion in the original brick objects distracts your eyes and adds all those irregularities into a pleasing whole. Once you paint that, it erases the flexibility and it can highlight mistakes in your brick. Plus, your brick shows the pride of the craftsman. On the flip side, a brick wall is something that was made by hand. Many modern brick surfaces, if you see a new brick apartment building going up today or an office building, it's actually often a factory-created object with panels of brick pre-made and installed hung off of the structure of the building. But a brick building from the mid-century era was probably made by masons, and the builders of your house chose that brick for its color and texture. They chose among locally available options to make the most interesting choice, and they may have opted for more or less variability in color or texture on purpose. Overriding that with a flat paint job isn't very respectful to the design aesthetic of your home's builder. The other thing that's amazing about brick is the elongated or stack bond pattern that are often used in mid-century houses emphasizes the low horizontal nature of the style. And the subtle contrast between the mortar color and the brick color in each individual unit adds up to an horizontal impression. That paint over the brick and mortar hides that pattern, hides the contrast between the two of them, and diminishes or ruins that effect. Don't cover up the mid-century features of your home with paint. Natural materials are what make your home special, and painted over brick and stone do not have the same appeal to future buyers or history. I've been talking about how it looks for a minute, but I also want to talk about how painting your brick can actually damage your house. When you paint brick, you seal in moisture. Brick is naturally porous and breathable. The designer of your house assumed that nothing would ever compromise that breathability, so they didn't need to worry about adding extra mechanical or passive air venting in the same way that a contemporary house with a plastic or hard surface siding would need. A house with wood siding, a house with aluminum siding, and a house with brick siding should technically all have slightly different approaches to the breathability and the way that air is vented through the attic and through the walls. When you paint, you're changing the way the brick performs as a wall material, but you aren't also changing the eaves, the venting, the wall construction, or the way the bricks are attached to the house structure. You couldn't. Just painting the house, though, is going to change the entire behavior of the house. It's going to cause moisture. Moisture always gets into a house. It always needs to move back out. It's going to cause that dialectic of moisture moving through the house to behave differently. This is similar to what can go wrong when you wrap your home's original siding in vinyl. That's a whole different episode, but that also is not just an aesthetically unpleasing choice, but a structurally and a moisture control dangerous choice for your home. You are changing one single aspect of your home's building system without thinking about or addressing the whole home. And it gets worse. In the early stages you won't notice that anything is wrong. The paint surface itself will hide the early signs of moisture damage or mold accumulation. So you'll only know that there's a problem when it becomes too late to deal with that problem simply. Gary Mason, certified master inspector of Home Check Inspection Service, warns strongly against making quick changes to older untouched homes because a house that's been forming well for 60 years can suddenly be thrown out of whack by unilateral changes. The family you bought the house from will never have had any moisture issues, but you just painted the brick as a cosmetic update, just changing the color of the house, but actually you might be modifying the permeability of your walls. And when you mess with the material science of your home, you can have disturbing consequences, up to including creating mold growth inside your house, very damaging to your interior air quality, and structural failures. 
I hope that I have persuaded you that it's not as simple as going to the paint store and asking for a can of your finest primer. If you want to change the look of your brick house, I advise against doing this. I get it though. It's fun to change the color or look of your house. I chose my own mid-century house because it had wood siding, which meant I could repaint it. Changing up your home color is such a dramatic transformation. It gives you instant gratification. It's also, by the way, an easy trick that a designer can use to propose to you a dramatic change for your house. So when you look at the sort of companies that provide an internet service where you send them a photo of your house and they send you back a Photoshop version of your house that's transformed and modernized, one of the very easiest things they can do for you is just Photoshop over the color of your brick to white or gray or slate blue. This looks so cool. It happens so fast. It's such a dramatic difference, but as I've just been discussing, it can be a big mistake. The other thing is that painting brick is extremely on trend right now, and that is exactly why you should not do it. Because you don't want to turn your house into a washed up has-been of style in 10 years, so I recommend you find other less permanent ways to stay on trend than painting your brick, or interior feature walls of brick. The first way is just to paint other parts of your house. Paint the trim, paint any non-masonry siding, Add in plantings or add a wooden wall and paint that. Add wood and let it be stained, a fence, a deck, a privacy screen. All of these things can transform the look of your house without going to the extreme of painting masonry. You can also, if you're worried about painting brick on the inside, to be fair, you don't have quite as many of the dramatic structural and moisture control issues if you want to paint interior brick as exterior brick, but I still don't recommend doing it because it's such a one and done move. It's so undoable. It is very difficult to remove paint from painted brick, both inside and out. So even though one of the most baseline pieces of current amateur internet interior decoration advice is paint everything white, the logic being it will be clean, modern, easy, bright, and also it will be easy to photograph with slightly overblown exposure for unrealistically perfect Instagram shots of the influencer's home. I warn you against this brute force approach. What you really want to ask is a more complicated question. How can you bring more light and brightness into your home? You can still paint most of the house white, all of the plaster, all of the drywall, anything that's been painted before, basically, without damaging the integrity of your mid-century brick. You can add more natural light by removing window treatments, adding windows, or adding in skylights. You can consult with a lighting designer on the right kinds of interior light fixtures for your space. Try to think about anything else you can do before you splash around white paint on your brick to brighten a room. I'll also add the concept of a bright house, a bright room, is a very current moment concept. In the mid-century, we often see homeowners choosing to panel rooms in wood and brick. It makes the whole room feel a little darker, sure, but also creates coziness, warmth, uh, a comfort. It centers the room more on your evening experience of it rather than your daylight, your Photoshop, your Instagram experience of the room. So consider before you want to change how dark a home feels, one, you don't want it to be so dark you're bouncing off the walls, but two, can you in fact transform what feels like darkness into warmth, into coziness? Another reason people often consider painting brick is because the existing brick is dirty, damaged, or otherwise unsightly. Sometimes people want to paint brick to conceal previous tuck pointing or other repairs. Now, here's a big caveat. I do not recommend painting over tuck pointed brick. Uh, if you have tuck pointed brick, seek the advice of a professional mason before proceeding in any way because tuck pointing may be a sign of past or ongoing structural issues. 
Stop and think before you paint over a bad repair job. Hiding it um, will not make the problem go away. And it might be more appropriate to do a careful redo of the repair, more precisely matching the mortar, for example, or to do an era-appropriate pressure wash. This can be much more cost-effective in the end than completely covering an entire brick wall to hide a patch job or a poorly repaired area. If you want to cover problem brick, you may just create a new problem, peeling paint in only a few years. I want to just draw to your attention that you can update a mid-century brick house without painting the brick. On my blog, I've got two examples that I really like, but I'll describe them briefly here. Basically, in both cases, choosing to paint around the brick can actually have a really transformative effect on the brick. So if you're looking at your brick house and thinking that it looks really bland, it may be that the existing trim or other details around the brick aren't complementing it properly. They aren't highlighting it, they aren't matching it, they aren't setting it off to its best advantage. And Here's where you can also go as trendy as you want to. Paint all the trim around your brick house, absolutely popular millennial gray, and then in another few years, paint it something else. If you're looking at a house with a lot of beige trim around brick, it may feel extremely dated to you, but you can give it a fresh look by choosing to give it a bright white, a bold color, or like I say, I've painted my house gray and I love it, and I know that in a few years that gray will be off trend, but because my house is wood siding, I can fix that when it happens. Let's get into this idea of trendiness. I always advise people not to lean too hard into the latest cutting edge fashion when they're remodeling. The same era-based trends that dominate fashion, acid wash jeans, bootleg pants, etc., will cycle. They show up in house design as well. Painted brick is in fashion right now. Don't become a fashion victim. When you walk through your neighborhood, you can tell at a glance just when each house was last updated by looking at the siding color. Wide wooden boards in possibly peeling mint green say the house is original from foundation to rafters. Dark brown paint or aged cedar probably means it was updated in the 70s or 80s. The late 90s will be beige, and it's probably been replaced with narrow strip vinyl siding too, sadly. The most recently updated houses are turning up in shades of gray. And that's all fine when we're talking about switching up the paint color on wood siding. Anyone can catch up with fashion or fall back to the original by painting a Usonian red, for example, at any time. But when you're making a permanent choice, like to paint or not to paint your brick, it's a very extreme move. So when you're thinking about trends in your home update, choose your battles. If you love a trend, embrace it. But try to focus on the most modifiable parts of your house, not the least. So if you want to paint something, paint the siding, paint the trim, paint the fencing, don't paint the brick. All right, here's where I don't want to just make my word for it. I am an expert on mid-century design, but there are other people out there who know even more about brick. If you would like to know a little more about the history of brick and brick making, check out brickarchitecture.com. Their mission is to bring people together who are as passionate about brick as they are. And for some more history and a ton of additional photos, there's a beautiful book, William Hall's Brick, published by Faden. Uh, it's not online, so check your local library. My wonderful former architecture firm, where I worked before I started doing mid-century all the time, has a number of posts on the history of brick in Chicago specifically, a few of them written by me. And this is a really interesting point. Brick is often hyper-local. The natural clay and 
sandstone materials around an area will affect the color and the texture and the performance of brick. So Chicago has a lot of yellow brick. Other places will have a lot of red. Sometimes you'll see a house that seems to be a different brick color than the houses around it. That's often a sign that the original mid-century homeowners would have splurged to have out-of-area brick shipped in to make their house really stand out. It's fun to get into the technical details of brick and how it and other materials work. So if you're interested in going into the architecture rabbit hole of how your house functions, I recommend a book for architects that is very legible to anyone, Architectural Detailing, Function, Constructability, and Aesthetics by Edward Allen. There are links for all of these in the blog post, by the way. On the blog post, I've got a number of other resources from architectural conservators to realtors to contractors who all agree that painting your mid-century brick is not a great idea. Preservation Idaho, who wrote a wonderful field guide that is often highlighted by Boise Mid-Century Homes, my mid-century internet friend, has some lovely advice on interior brick, and that is to clean it, use it, and don't paint it. Stone and brick fireplaces are a wonderful centerpiece of a mid-century home, so embrace the natural color variation of the natural materials and don't underestimate the power of a deep clean. I'll leave you with this. Joan Gand, the founder and principal of Chicago Bauhaus and Beyond, has some basic mid-century remodeling do's and don't. Her first and second proclamations beg you to preserve your brick. One, God is in the details, so don't destroy them. And two, if it hasn't been painted before, don't paint it. Have I convinced you? I really hope I have. It is so tragic when people make a rash change that strips the character and durability from their mid-century home and later find themselves regretting it. I do not want you to experience remodeler's regret. So if you or your partner are asking right now, should we paint this brick? The answer should be no. And if you're still considering it, I would ask you, reach out to me today. I promise I can come up with some great alternatives. To recap, painting your brick is a bad idea. It's not a good look for a mid-century house, but even if you disagree, it's also a choice that will affect your home's value, performance, structure, and maintenance. When in doubt, stick to the golden rule of mid-century materials. If it hasn't been painted before, don't paint it now. If you're still struggling with the question of whether to paint your brick, dealing with brick that you or someone else has already painted, that's a question for another episode. I'm so sorry. Perhaps I can help. There are two ways you can work with Midmaw Midwest. As a reminder, you don't need to be in the Midwest for us to help you. You might want to join the Ready to Remodel program, an online course and support group where I guide homeowners through the steps of a great master plan process. If you'd like to learn more about that or just get more in-depth information on how to create a master plan, check out my free masterclass, How to Plan an MCM Remodel to Fit Your Life and Budget. Or you might want to work directly with us and have our design team create a custom master plan for your home to help you up plan an update that fits your life, fits your budget, and has some great alternatives to painting your brick. You'll find the show notes and the original Don't Paint Your Brick blog post at midmod-midwest.com slash 1106, plus all of those links and all of those photos. Go see that pretty brick. Next week on the podcast, I'll be talking about an area of your house that might also have brick on the inside, or possibly stone or something else, the hearth, and how you can solve the tricky problem of setting up your living room to feature both the fireplace and a TV. Got a lot to say on the topic. Till then, mid-modern modelers.